Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to come to you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to have a service and to put forth your word, Lord. We ask, Lord, right now that you would give me the strength to preach your word, Lord, and to be bold in it, Lord, not to back down to some whimsical whim of men, but, Lord, to stand up for the truth. So we ask you, Lord, to help me to be bold, to stand for you, Jesus, because, Lord, it's only you who make the weak strong. And the faithless, faithful. So, Lord, we ask you to help us tonight. Show us from your word something, Lord, that we could take with us all week. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Alrighty here, we're going to get Ruthie over here to start us out by reading about Memorial Day. Now, of course... We're also going to put with this Veterans Day because it, as well as Memorial Day, are basically the same thing. A basic thing. The only difference is, is one thing which I'll be explaining after she's done reading here, okay? Sorry, honey, I couldn't find nothing on Veterans Day. Oh, but I, I think it's no, around the November 11th. Okay. Yeah. But I did get something on Memorial Day, so here it is. Okay, Memorial Day. When observed May 30th in some areas, federal observance last Monday in May. Earliest observance was May 5th of 1866. The observance of Memorial Day began shortly after the Civil War. Its purpose was to honor the war dead of both North and South. As time passed and the United States fought other wars, Memorial Day became the occasion for commemorating lives lost in all military conflicts. In the popular mind, however, not only the military dead, but also the ancestral dead, family dead, are remembered at this time, when graves are tended and adorned with flowering plants. In this sense, Memorial Day has ties with the ancient festivals of the dead. Almost every culture had observances to honor their deceased. The Greeks had their march commemoration of the dead, and the Romans were lavish with flowers when they celebrated Parentalia by decorating graves. In Japan, the Feast of Lantern was the prescribed period for the annual homage paid to ancestors. A great difference between our Memorial Day and the oldest festivals is that the latter were essentially seasoned rituals occurring just before the New Year's, at the time when chaos overtook the earth prior to rebirth and reordering. The boundaries between life and death were dissolved and the dead were thought to visit the living. The birthplace of Memorial Day. The village of Waterloo, New York, has legally established its claim as the birthplace of Memorial Day. A local druggist, Henry C. Wiles, suggested in 1865 that the dead of the Civil War should be remembered by decorating their graves with flowers. On May 5, 1866, the flags of the village were flown at half-staff and a parade of veterans, civil, civic, and fraternal groups marched to the three villages cemeteries where General Murray and the Reverend Dr. Samuel Gridley spoke. Just why May 30th was chosen for the day for the holiday is not known, nor is documented. However, 
It was roughly the anniversary of the surrender of the last Confederate Army General Kirby Smith's on May 26, 1865. Since the month of April and May 1865 marked the coming of peace, a time of national rebirth, it was a national time to commemorate the men who died to save the Union. The first state to legalize Memorial Day was New York in 1873, and most of the other states followed suit. Many of the tributes paid to our military dead on Memorial Day have been taken place at Arlington National Cemetery and on Civil War battlefields. Throughout the country on Memorial Day, there are parades usually sponsored by veterans, associations, and others, featuring military and National Guard units. Official flags are flown at half-staff. Private citizens display the flag. Ceremonies are held at military ports, and a 21-gun salute is fired in memory of lost comrades. The sea is showered with flowers from American ships in remembrance of these who died in naval conflicts. The thousands who died overseas are remembered, and this, their graves are honored in some areas called Memorial Day Decoration Day, which is the original decoration of the holiday. Decoration of graves with flowers is why some still call it Decoration Day. The change of the name now also recognizes the war dead. Actually, my grandparents called it Decoration Day, too. All right. See, originally, as you could see, Memorial Day was more suited and like a, a replica of Veterans Day. But it now, as we could see, and as it's observed now, it's a memorial of all the dead. Now, Veterans Day, okay, that was mostly for the Vietnam vets was who, who wanted that. So that's the big difference, but that's the only difference. Both holidays commemorate the dead. So that's why I thought we'd put them together, since they're both commemorating the dead, whether it's to the war dead, to our own ancestors, like mother, father, brother, sister, whatever, dead is dead, and if you're honoring them and memorializing them, on Memorial Day, we need to understand, are we doing this for the right biblical reasons, or are we going over and above what the Bible has to say? Does the Bible have anything to say against memorializing someone who's dead or remembering them, or does it have something to say that we shouldn't do it, or should we do it? Well, we got two verses Two settings of scripture tonight. We're going to let Ruthie read the first one. And then we'll let Danny take the second one. All right, Danny? Yeah. Okay. Ruthie, the first one is there in Deuteronomy. And where did you say it was? Deuteronomy 14, 1 and 2. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 1 and and two, Deuteronomy 14, 1 and 2. Now let's just make sure we got ourselves, got this all looked up and looked up good. Because there's something here that we need to understand. Now, anybody who has studied their Bible knows. Originally, Moses gave us ten commands. God gave us ten commands on a table of stone. 
Now, where did all these other commandments come from that says, and the Lord says, thou shalt not, blah, blah, blah. Well, let me explain to you how that happened. You'd have to go through a study of the book of Exodus to get it. Moses was sitting down with the children of Israel after Sinai. He was sitting down. God would speak to Moses. And Moses was the mouthpiece for God. Well, all of a sudden Moses' father-in-law comes along. And Moses' father-in-law saw Moses judging him from morning to evening. And what did he do? Moses' father-in-law saw the people standing around all day long. It says, Moses' father-in-law said to Moses, Moses, what are you doing? And Moses said, well, see, the people come to me with their grievances, with their problems. And then I go to God, I get the answer from God, and then I tell them what God has to say. I let them know what God has to say on an issue. And Moses' father-in-law says, whoa, Moses, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Whoa, slow down, back up the truck. Why don't you take and teach some of these men that are able to be seen that they're full of the Spirit, full of wisdom, teach them the statutes and the laws that God has given you. You teach them and let them judge the little teeny things, the painfully obvious things, things that are painfully obvious if someone is working on the Sabbath day, that then we already know what's going on. Okay, if they're the, if they're cursing God, okay, then we already know the answer to what that is. So they they could judge it themselves. But he says, but the harder cases, Moses, let them bring that to you. Moses went to God. God said, okay, that sounds like a plan. Go ahead, heed what he says. So Moses gathered up some men, and those became the first quote unquote judges of Israel. Okay, now. There were many times that Moses was brought a situation. And those were the laws that became the 600 and some odd new laws out of the first original Ten Commandments. But these laws and commands, more or less from Exodus all the way through Numbers, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, those become the law books of the Old Testament. If you wanted to know what God had to say about a particular situation, all you had to do is go and look. Now, if you can't find the answer, if it ain't clear-cut in Ten Commandments, then, yeah, there were some other laws that split hairs. But that was because somebody was legalistic and had to go to Moses to nitpick over a hair or two. And so God had to help them split the hairs. Well... First off, we're not under law, we're under grace. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that we're not under law, but we're under grace. But you see, the two that we're going to cite tonight, even though they're from the law, we have to understand what happened during those laws. God was trying to also point out pagan practices that were occurring in the land when in the new land where they were going to go God had to point it out to them so they knew what not to do so as long as we keep that in mind 
We'll understand the two settings of Scripture tonight. Okay, Ruthie, come on. We need, we need Deuteronomy 14, 1 and 2. Deuteronomy 14, verses 1 and 2. You are the children of the Lord your God. You shall not cut yourselves, nor make any baldness between your eyes for the dead. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself above all the nations that are upon the earth. Now God basically said, look, I made you to be a peculiar people. Now why would God tell them not to make cuttings or make themselves bald? For the dead. Sounds interesting, don't it? Well, let's take a look at our other verse, and then we're going to tie these two together. And it's found over there in Leviticus 19. Danny, I want you to go over here. Leviticus 19, 26 through 29. Leviticus 19, verses 26 through 29. You got that, Danny? Okay, go ahead. Get close up there and read it for us. You shall not eat anything with the blood, neither shall ye use enchantment nor observe times. You shall not round the corners of your head, neither shall thou mar the corners of thy head. You shall not make any cuttings of your flesh, the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Do not prostitute my daughter, to cause her to be a whore, lest the land fall to whoredom, and the land become full of wickedness. Now, what are these two verses talking about? It's painfully obvious these two settings of Scripture are talking about a pagan practice. Now, here was the pagan practice. In Leviticus, we find more of the different pagan practices, but in the other one, in Deuteronomy, we find that the basic pagan practice is they would cut their flesh, cause themselves to have sores or whatever because of the dead. They class The pagan people classified that a type of mourning. Also, they took and they worshipped the dead. Thus, they had soothsayers and uh, all them that could pull up these people like that you like today would be those that use Ouija boards. Okay? Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. That's right. And so the whole point that we're saying here is this. Is there a problem yes. with Memorial Day. Well, not really. As it's presently practiced of just putting some flowers on a grave and remembering that this is your loved one's grave and show and showing and giving your respects. Okay. That's fine. But when you start tattooing yourself for a dead person, when you start 
using tattoos as a form of worship, then tattoos are wicked. When you start cutting your flesh, hoping to see some dead person come up out of the grave to talk to you, or you get your crystal ball out and you have some dead person talk to you, or you get out your Ouija board and hope they'll talk to you, hello, the Bible has something to say about that. The Bible says you're not supposed to make cuttings in your flesh for, notice the word, for the dead. See, that's an occultic practice that God is worried about. He's not worried about people going out there and honoring their mother by driving out to the cemetery and sitting some flowers on their mama's grave. God ain't got a problem of somebody going out there putting flowers on their son's grave, their sister's grave, their brother's grave, going out there and shooting off a 21-gun salute for the war dead to remember that they busted their neck and gave the ultimate sacrifice to keep us free. God don't have a problem with that. But, when you go as far as to worship the dead, then God has got a problem with that. See, there, there are some holidays that make some sense. Every culture, remember what, what it said in the reading that Ruth read, every culture has had something to do with their dead, to remember the dead. God wasn't worried about people remembering the dead. What he was worried about is people worshiping the dead. Two different things. Ruth, there's nothing wrong with you going out there tomorrow. Since tomorrow's the official day. Nothing wrong with you tomorrow going up there on the graveside and putting your flowers on your grandfather's grave and some on your mama's grave and your daddy's grave and your grandma's grave. There's nothing wrong with that. God didn't have one thing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with you going over and going over to a, the, the grave of the unknown soldier and putting some flowers there to memorialize those that were lost in combat. Not one problem with that. But when you go down there, and you bow down and you start talking to that grave and expecting somebody, you pull out your Ouija board and sit there by the grave and want to talk to your ancestor. Hello? I think God's got something with that. So now, Ruthie, keep your Ouija board at home. Actually, throw your Ouija board in a trash can. <laughs> Ooh, glory. But the whole point is, the whole point comes down, boy, this is, sometimes aren't you glad that God doesn't draw things out? See, God had it worked out. Now, to those that complain about tattoos okay let me pull over and park on that one too all right well since it's right there and it says put no marks upon your flesh excuse me it's in the same verse talking about the dead it says print no marks on you for the dead that didn't say that you can't have a tattoo 
So why do you got the tattoo? But although, I'm sorry to say, they have found, they have found, let me just make something plain here, they have found, depending on where you get the tattoo done, that there are some risks with it. If you go, if you go to some bozo in a back street, odds are you could end up with AIDS because of it, because he didn't use clean, sterile needles that put that tattoo into your skin. Secondly, some people are allergic to the dyes and inks used to make the tattoo. Okay? So, yes, there are problems with tattoos. Okay? But they are minimal. So, if God never wanted a person to have a tattoo, okay? If God never wanted a person to have a tattoo, they would not be so easily tolerated by the body. Okay? So, I don't think God is against the tattoo. But I think he's against when you take and have someone tattoo on your wrist or on your forehead 666. I think he's got a problem with that. I think he's got a problem with if you've got a, a pentagram on your arm. I think he's got a problem with it when you've got a dragon on your arm. But... For somebody to go and get their self tattooed with a cross in John 3.16, with the whole thing written out, I'm not too sure God is going to be against that. Uh, wait a minute. Okay. You say, well, no, God does... Oh, wait, excuse me. What does Deuteronomy say? When thou speakest of the Lord in His Word, thou shalt speak of it when you lie down, when you rise up, It should be frontlets between thine eyes. You shall uh, publish them on your gates. Hello? You could almost think of that putting it between your eyes as a frontlet between your eyes. It could almost be like as if it, you had it tattooed to your forehead so everybody could see the Word of God. So, excuse me. Excuse me. I don't see where the problem is there with tattooing a scripture on you. It's what does the tattoo represent? When you tattoo your boyfriend or girlfriend's name on your arm, to me, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to go as far as to say, I think that's like you're worshiping your boyfriend or girlfriend. And then what happens when you break up? Then you have to have the stupid thing removed. Not a kosher prospect. I think, I think the wedding ring is much smarter, don't you? Amen. Hey, it leaves an indelible mark that you're married to. You might as well wake up. Amen. But I'm not saying everybody should run and get a tattoo tonight. I'm saying that uh, the before you nitpick at somebody who's got one, you better look at the tattoo and you better see what the world it's about. Someone's got a tattoo of a bird and that's all. What's wrong with a bird? Yeah. It's only if you're worshiping that bird. Hello? They got a picture of a teddy bear. So what? It's a teddy bear. As long as they're not worshiping the thing. But if they got a dragon on their arm, well, I got a problem with that. Because God does. They got 666 planted all over them. I've got a problem with that. Hey, I you ain't going to put 666 anywhere on me, buddy. 
I don't care if you use just a regular ink pen. You go to uh, put that on me, buddy. You better be ready for hell because you're going to get it fast. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> now, you want to put Jesus saves on there, I'll, I'll live with that. I don't mind you tattoo Jesus on my arm because that's who I worship. I worship Jesus. I can live with that. Bill I don't mind having it planted on there. I'm, I'm, I'm marked for Jesus. I don't care. But you tattoo some devil junk on there, I've got a problem. But see, it's not the problem of honoring the dead. It's why are you doing it? So, as we get ready to close tonight, let me ask you. Why do you worship on Memorial Day? Who do you worship on Memorial Day? Why do you go to that cemetery? Do you idolize the person who passed away? Do you worship them? Are they your God? I pray not. Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you tonight. Thank you, Lord, that there were those who died and did go before us. Lord, without those who had died in war, we never would have survived. But Lord, there are those who did die, just like you died to save all mankind. But we should worship you, because you're God. But worshiping some guy just because he held a gun in his hand and or because that person was my mama. I'm sorry, Lord, but that ain't right. Lord, now during this invitation, and as we play the song, Lord, we ask you to touch hearts and help the people to realize why and what they're doing on this Memorial Day. And Lord, if we're not doing what's right according to your word, and we're actually worshiping these folks... Lord, convict our hearts and bring us back to you. In the name of Jesus, amen.